Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. This week, we are going to continue, actually wrap up the series that we have been in called Shaped by Jesus, where we have been uh, taking a closer look at some of the characteristics of Jesus and of how we have been called and formed to develop those characteristics in our own lives. We've talked about uh, Jesus's holiness, his obedience, his love, and his courage. And today we're going to wrap up this series talking about the justice of Jesus. And throughout this series, we've kept three goals in mind. uh, And we're going to continue that today. We want to participate in spiritual practices that will shape the way that we think and act. How can we... How can we take these things that we're learning and, uh, and, and implement them in our lives in a way um, that, that influences the way we think and act? We want to become more sensitive to the movement of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and we want to become more familiar with the character of Jesus. So let's take a look at the justice of Jesus with those things in mind. I think that most of us have a pretty innate desire for justice. Right, we, we uh, well, when it comes to ourselves, at least, when it comes to the people that we love. We know when we've been treated unjustly, right? We know, and, and, and there's something inside us that just revolts against that injustice and just, it grates on us when we see wrong prevail in this world. For me, and again, if you have school-age kids, you might relate to this, One of the most common places where I experience what feels like a personal injustice, and bear with me, I'm not saying this is the most mature attitude in the world, but where I experience this most often is in the school pickup line. If you have children or grandchildren, uh, or if you're a teacher, I see a teacher nodding here, you understand the school pickup line, it's rough, man. It's a tough place. You either arrive 30 minutes early or you wait behind 100 cars. You wait for all the kids to get out of class. You wait, in my experience, the way our school is set up, you wait for all the buses to cross in front of you. You can like see your kid waiting right there, but all the buses are going, you know? And you have to wait for them. You wait for the kindergartner up ahead to hug every single one of her classmates goodbye. And it's really cute, but it's just not that cute. And it's hard, right? And you just kind of feel this, ah, again. I do. I'm speaking for myself here. But, but none of those things are really unjust, right? There's nothing unfair happening to you. There's nothing uh, about that that is wrong. It's just the reality of hundreds of kids being picked up at the same time and in the same place. There's nothing in particular to be done about it. But <laughs> this was my experience this week. When you're in that line and you see someone way back behind you, pull out of line and like drive up around. This happens on the freeway too, right on exit ramps. They drive up around the line and then they like force their way into the front. That's really hard. That feels unjust. I was just telling Tiffany before this service, I'm generally a fairly, you know, mild mannered person, but that, that raises my blood pressure. That is rough to see uh, that kind of injustice. You may have a different uh, idea of my, my personality and character. Now, that's okay. I'm willing to confess. We have this really deep desire for justice in our lives, don't we? 
and that desire for justice, I believe that that is an echo of God's character. Now, the way that we respond to injustice or the way that we seek justice, that's not necessarily always in response or or a reflection of God's character, but that deep desire, that recognition of of, of a, a sense of order and goodness and restoration, that comes from God. Justice is a really significant theme throughout the Bible, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, all throughout. There are more than 2,000 verses in the Bible about justice. That's second only to verses about idolatry. And I think that's really cool. I think that that reflects the, um, the emphasis that Jesus put on the commandments, right? We talked about this a few weeks ago, where Jesus identified the first and greatest commandment as love the Lord your God, and then the second Uh, which is like it, which is equally important, which is love your neighbor. So I think that uh, kind of priority on uh, talking about idolatry and justice in the Bible kind of reflects that love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Sometimes we, particularly we Christians, we can shy away from talking about justice uh, because we've come to see them as political issues, haven't we? But justice is not purely a political issue. Justice is a biblical issue. And it's near to the heart of God. And if we're going to be serious about following Jesus, then we're going to be serious about pursuing and seeking justice. We are to pursue justice because Jesus is just. In the book of Matthew, Jesus is identified as the servant who was spoken about by the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. Isaiah uh, speaks about uh, this servant, and then Matthew identifies that as Jesus is the fulfillment of this prophecy. And this is how Isaiah described him. Uh, In Isaiah chapter 42, uh, the Lord's speaking through Isaiah and says, Here is my servant, the one I uphold, my chosen, who brings me delight. I've put my spirit upon him. He will bring justice to the nations. He won't cry out or shout aloud or make his voice heard in public. He won't break a bruised reed. He won't extinguish a faint wick, but he will surely bring justice. In, in this uh, passage, the Bible is showing us here that justice is very near to the heart of God. It's at the very heart of the mission of Jesus. Justice in the way of Jesus means welcoming the kingdom of God here and now. Because as followers of Jesus, we identify ourselves as kingdom people, don't we? We we recognize uh, that we are wholeheartedly welcoming the kingdom of God here on earth. And this is reflected even uh, in, our, in our prayers. When we pray the words of the Lord's Prayer, maybe you know these in the, we, we, we tend to say them in the King James and in older English, right? We say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're asking in that prayer for the realities of the kingdom of God to show up in our world, in our communities, and in our lives. We can recognize that in the, in the kingdom of God, God's will is done perfectly. There's no sin, there's no brokenness, there's no injustice, and the peace of God will reign. We are kingdom people, and we are to live in a kingdom way now. And that means that we are to actively work for justice. 
there's a, a theologian named N.T. Wright, a highly respected scholar, and he said, people who believe in the resurrection, in God making a whole new world in which everything will be set right at last, are unstoppably motivated to work for that new world in the present. I don't know about you, but I want that to describe me. I want to be actively working, unstoppably motivated to work for the kingdom of God to be here in the present. So what does that mean? What does it mean to work for justice? The Bible actually addresses this pretty directly, but before we get there, I think it's really, really important for us to take a minute to disentangle uh, our understanding of justice from the way that it's really commonly defined in our culture. Sometimes as Christians, we shy away from discussions about justice because we think of it in terms of a political ideology. Maybe we avoid addressing a particular issue because we, we associate it with uh, an ideological camp that we might oppose. Maybe we feel like we should keep our politics and our faith in separate compartments. But can I just challenge you to remember that our faith in Jesus is not a compartment of our lives. It's the foundation of our lives on which everything else is built. In scripture, the justice that Jesus modeled is not a matter of political ideology. It's a matter of living faithfully in the kingdom of God. And we can, we can kind of differentiate here because the political definition of justice changes doesn't it? Culture by culture and era by era, party by party. But the justice of God, justice in the way of Jesus, that doesn't change. As followers of Jesus, we are called to live in a way that recognizes that we are members of the kingdom of God right now in the present time in this place. And the kingdom life might conflict with the way that our culture politicizes justice. And sometimes that kingdom life may even conflict with our own political ideology, which can be very unsettling. But it's okay. And it's good. We've talked about this here before, right? Pastor Kyle talks about it all the time in this process of spiritual formation, in, in the process of being formed by Jesus. We are going to welcome the experience of being unsettled by the Holy Spirit. It's a necessary step in being shaped by Jesus. It means something's happening. God's shaking things up in our lives. So let's take a look at what God has to say about doing justice in the Bible. The Old Testament prophets, as we've already seen in Isaiah, they talk about justice all the time. It's a really prominent theme in the books of the Bible that we call the prophets. In the book of Zechariah, we find uh, this in chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty said, Administer true justice, show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other. So here in this passage, we see two sides to the Lord's instruction on justice. We see what we should do and what we should not do. To act with true justice, we are to show mercy and compassion to one another. And we also must make sure that we are not oppressing the vulnerable, that we're not plotting evil, or in other words, making plans that will end up harming someone. 
There's this both and quality to this message from the Lord. We must both refrain from acting unjustly and also act justly. Sometimes it's easy to think that if we're not actively being unjust, then we're good to go. We know people are being oppressed. We know there's injustice around the world. But if we're not the ones actively causing the injustice, then we might feel like we're in the clear. But this passage in Zechariah, as well as others throughout the Bible, show pretty clearly that when it comes to justice, neutrality is not an option. Not in the kingdom of God. So the question we should be asking ourselves is, in any given situation or structure or system, what would it look like if Jesus were reigning? What would it look like uh, in the kingdom of God? Because we're called to be kingdom people. So let's paint a picture of what that means. We know that the kingdom of God is a place of shalom, are you familiar with this word? We've talked about this here before from time to time. Shalom is this, this biblical word, and it, re- it refers to the peace of God in completeness, in wholeness. It's everything as it should be. It's the restoration of all that is right and holy. It's the harmony of all of God's creation. In the Middle Ages, there was a woman who we know today as Julian of Norwich. She was a... a a a monastic of incredible faith, and she described shalom really beautifully in this phrase that has been passed down through centuries. She said, all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of thing shall be well. In the kingdom of God, justice is not about getting what we deserve, thank goodness, not about retribution, It's not about punishment. Justice is about restoration that leads to shalom, to God's whole peace. Can you imagine how our world might be different if we approach justice from that perspective? What will restore peace? As I was studying this week, I ran across, uh, I, I read one author who said that, uh, I think we have it up here, she said, doing justice means not only not doing wrong, but also actively doing what is right, restoring what is broken. And this is what Jesus taught as well. And again, in the book of Matthew, uh, we find Jesus teaching his disciples this really uh, intense time of teaching that was just before the events that led to Jesus's Uh, arrest and crucifixion. And in this time of teaching, Jesus gives many admonitions, gives many warnings to his disciples, and then he taught through really a series of parables that were all focused on the kingdom of God. And he ended with this one. Pastor Kyle and I were talking about this earlier in the week, and we just agreed that this particular story, this parable, really makes us squirm. It's very uncomfortable. Um, There's a tension to it, and we're going to be okay with that. Let me read it to you from Matthew chapter 25. You may be familiar with the story. Uh, again, it's, it's a parable of the kingdom of God. So the king here is in the kingdom of God and says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who will receive good things from my father. Inherit the kingdom that was prepared for you before the world began. For I was hungry, and you gave me food to eat. This is the king talking. 
I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothes to wear. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. And then those who are righteous will reply to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you as a stranger and welcome you or naked and give clothes to you? Or when did we see you sick and in prison and visit you? And then the king will reply to them, I assure you that when you have done it for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you have done it for me. And we like that part. That feels cozy. We're like, yeah. But then he will say to those on his left, get away from me, you who will receive terrible things. Go into the unending fire that has been prepared for the devil and his angels. These are hard words. I was hungry and you didn't give me food to eat. I was thirsty and you didn't give me anything to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. I was naked and you didn't give me clothes to wear. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. And then they will reply, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and we didn't do anything to help you? And then he will answer, I assure you that when you haven't done it for one of the least of these, you haven't done it for me. That's a really hard passage to read. Jesus makes it really clear here that his kingdom is one of active justice. And what I want to say about that is we understand that this is not a, uh, this is not a teaching of, uh, of Jesus's grace, right? If we're looking at it from a sort of a theological perspective here, we understand that we are saved by God's grace alone, that there's nothing we can do to earn his grace. It wouldn't be grace. There's nothing that we can do that would dismiss his love for us. We are saved by God's grace alone, not by the things that we do. And at the same time, what Jesus is saying here is in my kingdom, we do justice. In this kingdom, things are just. And so if you're not uh, acting justly, if justice is not a part of your life, if that's not something that you actively pursue, That's not going to fly here. In my kingdom, we do justice. So if you're willing to do that, come on in. You're welcome here. You can inherit this kingdom that my father is giving to you. But here, we do justice. If we are going to be kingdom people, then we will actively and intentionally work for justice. And we see injustice all around us, right? All throughout the world, we see injustice in in oppression and in war and in poverty and in racism and in trafficking and all the ways that the world is broken and hurting. If we are to be shaped by Jesus, then we will follow his example in pursuing justice in every place where it is lacking. I want to wrap up today by uh, thinking about some steps that we can take to actively work for justice in our daily lives. So here are some things for us to consider to that end. First, let's, um, as we notice areas of brokenness around us, it's not hard to find, let's um, begin to ask ourselves, 
What does the resolution of this issue look like in the kingdom of God? If Jesus is reigning, what does the resolution of this look like? What will lead to shalom? And as we ask that question, then we'll begin to see the possibilities of restoration. Another thing we can do is we can identify what's bugging us. What's bothering us? What in the world disquiets us and and weighs on us? We just can't shake it. What injustice is bothering you? And could it be that the weight or the grief or maybe the anger that you carry about that issue is the Holy Spirit touching your heart and calling you to act? Let's spend some time this week praying and asking God to show us where our work of justice lies because we know that we can't do it all. And sometimes that paralyzes us, right? We, we think of the great injustice in the world and what difference can I possibly make? You are called to act justly right where you are. And together as the body of Christ, we can make a significant difference in restoration and in shalom in this world. And then lastly, as we identify those areas to which God may be calling us, how can we work with others who are called to the same place? We're better together, right? And as kingdom people, we're called to work together for shalom. How can we use our gifts, our time, our financial resources to further the good work that's being done? You know, every week here on Monday mornings, we post on our website some, uh, some resources, some additional uh, uh, resources to, uh, that are related to the teaching that we have here on Sunday morning. And uh, this week, we are going to include some links to some really excellent organizations that we can recommend wholeheartedly uh, that are doing the work of justice around the world. So I encourage you this week to check those out and to see how you can join in the work that is being done. Following Jesus is not easy, friends. It is joyful, it is peaceful, it leads us to shalom and to restoration, but it is not easy. Worship team, would you come on back up? We are going to, uh, to spend some time together in communion, in sharing together the bread and the drink that remind us of Jesus, that remind us of the work that he did on our behalf when he died on the cross. It was the ultimate act of justice. Without Jesus' sacrifice, our restoration would not be possible. And pursuing justice in this world is one way that we daily take up our cross and follow Jesus, as Pastor Kyle talked about last week.